Today's episode is amazing. I can't wait for you to hear the interview with Rhett and Vita. However, really quickly before that, I wanted to let you know of two things that are happening in January. Number one, on January 16th, that's Monday, by the way, January 16th, we are starting the free five-day nervous system reset challenge. That is happening over at the Optimize Wellness membership community. And for you to gain free access to that, where we're going to teach you our favorite tools for nervous system management, and you get to compete for some prizes, some pretty cool prizes at the end of the week. To participate in that for free, the link is going to be in the show notes or below this video, and make sure you use the coupon code WOLF to get a free month's access to the membership community to join us for the Nervous System Reset Challenge. The second thing I want you to know about is Deep Transformation Enrollment is open. That is the signature program. It's a 12-week cohort-based program where we teach you the basics of neural pathways, neuroplasticity, and really helping you achieve your health, wellness, career, whatever goals you have really help you achieve those. That enrollment is open now. It closes on the 27th of January, and the link for that to get more information and join us in that program is going to be in the show notes, and it'll be below the video. So let's get to this interview with Rhett and Vita. It's awesome. Welcome to the Widely Optimized Wellness Podcast. I am your host, Terea Rodriguez, and I'm joined by the lovely co-host, Evie Tackett. Both of us are functional diagnostic nutrition practitioners, and we love working with women from all over the world through our virtual programs, helping women not only feel better, but actually achieve that vibrant, no-holds-barred version of themselves they've been missing for a long time. And how we actually get there? Well, that is what this show is all about. Now, please keep in mind that this podcast is created for educational purposes only and should never be used as a replacement for medical diagnosis or treatment. And if you like what you hear today, we would love for you to hit that follow button, leave a review in Apple podcast, share with your friends and keep coming back for more. Let's start today's adventure, shall we? Okay, welcome back to Wildly Optimized Wellness. Evie and I are super excited because today we have two guests with us. And we're excited because they come from a company called Ned. And Ned has so many different values that I just love and appreciate so much that I had to invite them onto the podcast. So we're going to talk a little bit today about regenerative farming, which you may not expect from a supplement company, but it's a super important topic, both for health for wellness, our outdoor spaces, all of that stuff. So, Rhett and Vita, would you please just introduce yourself and tell us a little bit of the backstory around the creation of Ned or how you came to find Ned and collaborate with Ned? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. It's great to be here. But yeah, it kind of started back with my mother's battle with breast cancer in 2014. She decided she would not do chemo or radiation and instead battle her cancer through nutrition and movement and positive thinking. And um, that sounded really cool to me, but it also really scared me because I knew she knew very little of what that actually meant and, you know, wanted her to do everything she could to stay healthy. And so I took it upon myself to really go out and learn everything I could about nutrition and had a bit of a background. But yeah, being based here in Boulder, Colorado, I was surrounded by health experts of 
all varieties. And a few things kept coming up, one of which was CBD and cannabinoids. And this was back in 2014 when very few people actually knew what CBD was. So started buying CBD for my mom and spent two years doing so, started using it myself. I'm an endurance athlete and you know, traded the ibuprofen for cannabinoids. And yeah, my mom saw really pretty good results, but it was a just not a very nice journey for me. I was looking for the absolute best for my mom. And I was asking hemp companies questions like, where do they grow their, their hemp and how is it extracted and what's your mission? And um, getting zero answers and really just kind of bounced from one brand to the next. And, you know, I ended up kind of just like buying what was on sale and just like over those two years found zero affinity for any brands out there. And it was based on the lack of transparency in part on the lack of quality and eventually got it into my mind. Let me, um, let me dive deeper into this and started meeting with hemp farmers out in their fields here in Colorado. And, um, these were the farmers that came very highly recommended and they were all growing for quantity instead of quality. Fascinating. Yeah. They, they wanted to impress upon me how cheap their hemp was and how quickly they could tear it down and grow it again. And that was, you know, even more disappointing. So eventually, long story short, at the end of the summer of 2017, I met a farmer in Paonia, Colorado, which is just this amazing farming community going back 150 years. It's just the brain trust of farmers there is incredible. The soil, the sun, 330 days of sun, the water comes pouring off the Rocky Mountains there and the Elk Mountains. And finally connected with a farmer who was growing instead of on a thousand acres and using threshers and big machinery. He was growing on just a couple acres, doing everything by hand. He was playing binaural beats and reggae to his plants. And he was organic and including biodynamic principles and, you know, vortexing the already very pure mountain water. And I just knew as soon as I drove onto his, yeah, just was like a breath of fresh air. Driving onto his farm just felt like this is the place. And it was at that point that, uh, that Ned really began. And you know, it's been five years since then, five and a half years now, but it's been an incredible journey. It's one about passion and commitment to really a plants before pills ethos. And we've grown the business and really been blessed to have a number of great people join us, Vita being, being one of them. That is really cool. And what a cool story. And it's unfortunate because that story is very, very common, especially when you're trying to source for certain types of supplements. And there's an adage of like, let's just build more quantity. And that doesn't necessarily lead to quality of the compounds that you're getting from them. And so kudos for you to continue to try and push for that and then finding it, which is super amazing. Mm. So let's shift over to Vita. Vita, let us know a little bit. First of all, tell us who you are. Let us know a little bit about your background and how did you discover Ned and come to collaborate with Ned? Hey, good morning. Happy to be with you, talk to you about what we're doing at Ned. My name is Vita Chavez-Garcia. I am the Order Fulfillment and Production Manager at Ned. This is my second year here. And I came to Ned in a very bizarre and unexpected way. I saw an ad on Craigslist and it was an advertisement for an unnamed brand new wellness business that was looking for help in its warehouse. And so I reached out and I was working really just like less than 10 hours a week. And this is prior to 
Ned launching its most popular product called Sleep Blend. And I tried to make an exit from, from Ned for a different job. And due to the success of this new product that, that they had just launched, they were like, sit tight, you're not going anywhere. And Ned offered me an official position on their team. And so I've now been here for two years. And along the way, I've stepped into different roles. And so I am now the order fulfillment production manager. And then by stepping into these two roles, I also started to develop an interest in how we were sourcing our botanicals. And due to my background in regenerative agriculture, I am a farmer. I had an educational farm in central Argentina for six years called Huerta de Vida, where I received interns from all sorts of countries, all sorts of backgrounds who came and underwent a month-long course with me in soil health practices, natural construction, herbalism, cooking, really just a step away from gridded life and looking at how people can live with the land and recenter themselves, reground themselves. And from that place, I came back to the United States and then found myself working in a warehouse. So in order to find <laughs> this new chapter of my life, to give it meaning and to make it interesting to myself, I decided to bridge the gap between my background in regenerative agriculture and what the work I was doing here at a wellness company like NET. And so I decided that I wanted to look at how we were sourcing our botanicals and really make sure that we were sourcing them from farms that were living in a respectful way, that were growing botanicals, that were growing in healthy soil, and that were holding the wellness of their communities at the heart of their business model. Very cool. What a cool experience for you to have back in Argentina and then be able to utilize it and train people here in the United States on the same principles. Let's take a step back for a second, because the listeners that listen to this podcast on a regular basis, they've probably seen at this point the word regenerative on certain products. But I wanted to cover like, what does regenerative farming actually mean? And then we can get into the nitty gritties of how as a consumer do you even find out whether or not your stuff is that way. But what is regenerative farming? Yeah, this is not this is not an easy answer and it's something that someone has to live to really understand. But as a regenerative farmer, I would say that the easiest way to explain regenerative farming is it's it's a series of practices that establish a relationship between a farmer and the land that establish a relationship that is reciprocal. That it's a give and take relationship that's based on land stewardship. And it's also a recognition that just like any person, a land has needs. And those needs are food, water, and rest. And so just working with the land in response to those needs in order to enhance the life-giving capacity of a land to grow nutrient-dense foods and medicine. Yeah. I mean, you should take that because you are a regenerative farmer. And... Um, and Vita is such a deep thinker. And I just love your answer, Vita. It also kind of goes to the principles of our business, which is about keeping things simple and natural. Those are two of our main tenets. And doing things the way that they were originally done and the way Mother Nature intends. And so, you know, we've, we've gotten so far out ahead of ourselves as a society. We, 
create what can be created in nature, we create in labs, and we've really overthought so many different things. And then we've we've also brought this approach to the earth and to products and to the things that we eat that has, again, become way more overcomplicated than it, it ought to be. So regenerative farming is farming the way it used to be done. It's farming without big agriculture. It's farming without massive tools. It's, it's multiple different crops. It's allowing root systems to take place. And it's, it's not overstripping. It's not overdoing. It's not overproducing. It's, it's the way farming always was practiced until we overcomplicated it for ourselves. Yeah, until we wanted to build massive quantities of food, that seems to be where people get too focused on efficiency. And don't get me wrong, I love efficiency. But when we are taking it to an extreme and taking it out of the natural, efficient processes that nature already provides, that's when it kind of gets a little bit overkill. And Vita, I loved what you said, that the land also, like us, needs food, water, and rest. Can you expand a little bit on the rest piece? That's very interesting because I haven't heard that before in in terms of talking about land, but also in terms of food and water. You and I both know that it goes beyond just pouring, you know, irrigation water and putting some fertilizer on the soil. So what what kind of things are you talking about when you're talking about food and water and rest for land? Yeah. So like any good worker, we get hungry, we get thirsty and we get tired. We need a break. And so the land has been taking care of itself. The land has a very efficient and effective method of self-care. And it's been practicing this for much longer than we've been around. And so when humans decided to intervene in natural systems, we quickly took an approach of like, how much can we get as fast as possible? And it became an extractive relationship. And so regenerative farming is really about rebalancing that dynamic and reestablishing a give and take. And so if I just like anybody or myself, anybody on my team or myself, if we have a big project ahead of us, I know that we're going to need snacks, we're going to need water, and we're going to need breaks along the way. And it's just a very simple equation that you can apply to the land as well, which land has been doing for itself. And through observation, regenerative farmers have learned how to mimic these processes. And so one of the ways that you can do that, uh, you feed the land, is that you grow crops in rotations so that you're not growing the same crop over and over again. And you're also growing crops in combination where crops work well, that work well with each other. They cover different roles, just like any of our teams at work. We don't all have the same role. There's a diversity of roles and we work together as a team and that way we're able to get the job done well. And so it's the same thing with plants growing in the land. They're working together as teams. And if there's only one kind of plant that's performing one kind of role, a lot of it's just not going to be done as well. The end product isn't going to be solid. So it's, it's doing, it's doing that kind of. Stack, it's called stacking functions with the land, but that ends up actually feeding the land because each plant is also providing something for the land and this really beautiful relationship with the land where the land gives the plants what it needs to feed. And in exchange, the plants and their ancient wisdom are giving back the land something that it needs as well. And so essentially they're feeding each other. So making sure that those plants 
are being grown in the way that they're used to in the teams that they're used to on land, make sure that the land has the variety of foods that it needs to keep working hard. Love it. I love it. That's so beautiful. I just, I want to say the way that you're describing it is just so beautiful because we've heard about regenerative agriculture and, you know, we care about that, but just the way that you're describing is really eloquent. And I think it's a really nice and beautiful way to think about the land and what our role is. And so I appreciate you explaining it in that way. I think it's, I think there's a deeper appreciation that we need to have for that. And so the way that you're describing is really helpful in that way. Yeah. I learned this lesson the first time through when I was just learning how to grow my own vegetables and I had some raised beds at my house. And the first year I grew tomatoes in this three by three plot bed and they were amazing and it was awesome. So I decided to do it again the next year in the same bed, not knowing that the tomatoes had taken all the nutrients that they needed for that year and that I needed to grow something else there. And of course they flopped and not knowing anything about regenerative farming, this too, I think was bad back in like 2008 or something when I was doing this, I just assumed that I had a black thumb and that I wasn't wasn't good at it, right? And I just didn't, didn't know what I didn't know back then in terms of what we all need in terms of water and that rest and the, the diversity of the nutrients. I just opened up my shut-eye chai box last night. So I finally got it, got my hands on some shut-eye chai. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But inside that box, what I loved about it is you guys have a postcard that talks about the food nutrient density today compared to yesterday. And you have this lovely graphic of one carrot to four carrots, that it takes four carrots today to equal the same nutrients as one carrot. So part of what we're seeing in terms of food, right, is that the overall nutrient density in our food system worldwide has dropped dramatically because we're not using this regenerative farming style of taking care of the land. Have you seen that we're starting to shift it back in the other direction? Working in this industry, are you seeing that we're shifting it? No, I wouldn't say I'm seeing that yet. I'm seeing um, a growing industry for supplementation. Supplementation being when we're not getting enough of the nutrients, vitamins, and minerals that we ought to from our food. I actually see it the other way. Okay. Yeah, this this growing supplementation industry, and you know the what you were referring to with the carrots, that would have been what our grandparents would have had. A bowl of leafy greens in 1940 contained four times as much magnesium as it does now. Amazing. And that's. A direct result of overfarming, monocropping, big agriculture, just stripping, 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 taking. Vita called it an extractive relationship, and that's exactly the case. And so we're finding ourselves devoid of essential minerals and vitamins. Magnesium is, is an essential mineral that controls over 300 different functions in the body. And 70% of us Americans are not getting our recommended daily allowance. Recommended daily allowance is is a pittance of what we really should be getting. Right. And so the vast majority of us are walking around magnesium deficient, mm-hmm. which I was. And that was leading to an inability to recover after big workouts, was leading to poor sleep, even depression. The body won't release serotonin, the happy hormone, without sufficient magnesium. And this is something that uh, very few people know about, although you know, we've been doing our best to educate, and there's a few others out there as well. Um, and now magnesium 
is a kind of a hot topic, just like CBD was mm-hmm. a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, you know, our Ned's product lineup is both on the hemp side as well as on the vitamins, supplements, and minerals. Um, and our Mellow, you, you referred to Shaddai Chai. That's part of our magnesium collection. And we absolutely love it. And, uh, I'm glad you received it and hope you like it. We put a lot of time into it. I love it. Um, in fact, my business partner, Adrian, and I, we just got back from India a couple months ago, actually. But um, we went there to really learn all we could about chai and the different masala spices, and Ayurvedic traditions, and really just know this product inside of That's really cool. The reason why I asked that question, right, is that regenerative farming, at least in the wellness industry, is starting to be more talked about, but it's really only being talked about with regards to food and the nutrients that we're taking in through what we're eating. What I'm not seeing it talked about much until I found your company is being talked about in terms of the supplements and what we put on our skin and how the same kind of practices also have an effect on the potency of the functionality of certain types of plants or plant medicines that we use in terms of the compounds. And, you know, we were talking about magnesium, but then there's also, you know, the different herbs like holy basil and those kinds of things and ashwagandha that we use in different kinds of supplements. Are you seeing that there's a difference in terms of the potency of the ingredients that you're getting because you're sourcing it from regenerative farms? Yeah, absolutely. Our farmer, Jonathan in Paonia, who grows our hemp, he has been actually reducing the number of acres that he uses to grow on while increasing the yield. So we pay for yield. So in a hemp plant, what we want is to have the highest yield of cannabinoids possible. That doesn't necessarily equate to the largest amounts, the the most poundage. And so what he's been able to do is, is again, reduce the land that he grows on while increasing the amount of, of cannabinoids that he grows. And that's entirely done through his regenerative farming practices and really his, uh, his expertise as a farmer. So we see that firsthand. And then, you know, it was about a year and a half ago that we realized, you know, we've got this amazing relationship with Jonathan. He grows all of our hemp. Uh, we go direct to the farm. That enables him to continue to be a hemp farmer and it enables him to understand, to know six months ahead of time what the price will pay for his hemp is. It gives him a market. It gives him the opportunity to grow or become more efficient, which is what he's chosen to do. And uh, it gives him as a farmer more certainty. And farmers have absolutely no certainty in life. Bugs can come, hail can come, markets can fluctuate, regulations can fluctuate. And so to give a farmer some sort of certainty in life is it's a big thing for, for them. And so we, we said, you know, we've got this great relationship with Jonathan. We're doing really well by him. Uh, at the same time, we were buying our ashwagandha, our chamomile, our passionflower, lemon balm, and all the other ingredients that we were using from really great aggregators that were finding incredible ingredients from various farms around the country and good companies in and of themselves. However, we didn't have that direct relationship. And so through Vita's leadership, we reached out to a number of different farms and it took some time. Vita, you should speak to this, but basically what we did was we found amazing farms across the country that were by and large regenerative. And what it's done is it's increased 
the quality of our products. It's increased the potency and even the weight that we have to purchase because the products are that much more nutrient dense, they're that much better. So we see it every day. And that's really our approach is buy better products, not more of it. So I'm thinking that as you're saying that, and I'm making the connection between the postcard that was in the, the package, right? One carrot, four carrots. And increasing the yield of the compounds is what's important while decreasing the amount of space that we're taking for farming. So this might be a really good segue to get into the ecological impact of the conventional way of farming, because if we are really farming less nutrients out of the same space, so take an ear of corn, for example, we're going to have to grow more corn plants to get the same nutrients. And so therefore, the demand for farming land tends to increase, which then increases our water usage and demand on water in a planet. And, you know, I, I live part-time in Oregon and part-time in California. So I'm very, very familiar with extreme drought and this kind of dynamic that goes on with farming communities and trying to find enough water, yet trying to grow even more crops. So can you talk a little bit about where the responsibility needs to shift within the wellness industry to help drive a focus on quality over volume? So I've been in the in business a long time and all the way back to 2001 when uh, I helped to co-found a environmental business in Saudi Arabia. And we just learned there that even before green was a term, we learned that just doing good business is good business. And so that involves things like regenerative agriculture. It involves doing things the right way is um, typically turns out to be also good for the bottom line if you've got the patience and staying power. And so we're seeing farmers moving toward regenerative agriculture because they're seeing their neighbors thriving. They're seeing their neighbors um, not only turning out great crops, but also being lauded as the future of agriculture. They're, we're seeing a bit of a shift back away from the complicated built in a lab, overthought processes to this much more simple, much more natural understanding that Mother Nature is far smarter than any of us. And we really ought to stop trying to outsmart her. And that's really the shift that, that I think we're seeing. And the companies that there are good companies that are that are getting involved and they're really pushing things forward in leaps and bounds. Now we're proud to be one of those companies. We have a relatively small impact, but when many companies with small impacts step up, we can make a large impression. And yeah, I met this morning with uh, the CSR director for a very large company. And we had a, a very long conversation of actually, I had to skip my next meeting for it, but he was just really interested in what we, what we as a company are doing and, and how they can do it as well. And that gives me tremendous hope because they have an impact that's, that's many times larger than we do. And so I see these big public companies looking for insights into how to be more efficient, more uh, responsible, more sustainable. And that gives me a ton of hope. Love it. That's really promising. And as we're talking, I'm thinking, okay, someone's listening to this. And even for myself as a consumer, how do I know that a company is practicing in this way? Or how do I know that they, you know, if this is something that's important to me and I want to vote with my dollar, what are things that you 
look for or that should be on a website or should be marketed from the company or the brand just so someone who wants to make this shift they know which brands to look at and also how to do that recon if you will yeah well that's what i was trying to do when my mom was was battling her cancer and i was calling the companies and i just wasn't getting any answers and i would go on the website and you know honestly these days it's really really hard to know there's a ton of, of greenwashing. There's a ton of generative washing. It's the new buzzword and everybody's using it, not even knowing exactly what it means. And so what I think the best way to do is, is a gut feel. We really don't value those anymore. We use our prefrontal cortex to put logic to everything, whereas it's, it's the deepest part of our brain that's, that we should really be paying attention to. And, and it just feels right. So if you spend your time getting to know a company and it doesn't feel right, you're probably right. You spend the time getting to know a business and it does feel right. And they're, they're speaking from a place of experience. They're showing you their farm. I mean, all of our customers know Jonathan. They know his wife and two dogs. It's hard to fake that. So look for those hidden clues. Look for a personal relationship because Otherwise, you could fall victim to uh, you could be duped. And a lot of companies are trying to dupe you. And I think that was one of the things that I loved so much when I was looking at your company and researching your company. I'm picky about what I put in my body and on my body. And I've always found that if I can see the whole chain between product, product and farmer that makes that product, that makes me feel a lot more comfortable because I know that at least... Ned as a company is paying attention to the farms and the people that are doing that work. It's kind of similar to Evie and I recorded a couple weeks back this episode on talking about choosing better chocolate because this is rampant in the cacao industry too of like not paying farmers for it and you know not using organic practices or regenerative like any of this stuff. And so I think if a company is valuing it enough to put it on their website, to put the different farms and highlight the people that are doing the actual work. That to me is a clue that at least some of this is being kind of taken care of from that company's perspective. Vito, I'm curious, would you agree with those kinds of things to look for? Or when you're trying to find products and source products, what is it that you look for personally? Really? So I had a list when I first started to source, I decided that it was time for us to source the 50 other botanicals that we make medicinal remedies with at Ned besides hemp, that it was time to source those botanicals from regenerative farms where the farmers are of the same caliber as Jonathan at Terrafina Farm, that I wanted to find people that were going to pick up the phone. That was the first thing is that I made a list of farms and then I got, I sent emails and it was whoever replied back. And it's really about building a team of allies and regenerative farms appreciate businesses that see them and support them or are looking for opportunities. And so to reach out and get a reply right away, that was the first sign that I was on the right track is really reaching out to farmers who are trying to bridge the gap between regenerative agriculture and the market, because it's only by working as a team and building momentum that we're going to have any kind of impact on this massive market that is not supportive of regenerative agriculture and is not paying attention 
and it seems to be acting as if we're not in a crisis. So the first thing was finding somebody who's going to pick up the phone, who's going to respond to an email and who's going to do so enthusiastically. And then from there, it was asking them what their story was. And it turns out that the majority of the farmers that we've made connections with, they didn't start as farmers. Most of them actually started as herbalists. They have a background in human health. And then they continued their training and they went to the source of human health and it's the soil. And they decided that the best way that they could continue to be practitioners of human health was by becoming a regenerative farmer and taking care of the land first. And so that kind of commitment speaks loudly. And so those are the people that I want to work with. I trust what they do. I trust that the work that they do on the land is growing extremely powerful and potent medicinals. And then these are also people who are excited about trying our products and seeing where their botanicals go and what we end up doing with them. They have a real interest in seeing the whole journey of their work. And we've decided to create a web page that's dedicated to the Farm to Net Alliance, where we highlight each one of the farms that we work with. We have a beautiful photo of the farm family, farm team, farmer. And also a quick description of who they are and what they're about, where they are, to make it really easy for anybody who's interested and where we're sourcing our botanicals from, for them to see these farms and then to create their own relationship with these farms. They don't only have to support these farms by buying from Ned, they can also have their own relationship. And that's that's what we want to see more of is a network of support regenerative farmers, not just for Ned. That's amazing. And there's one other company that I know that does this It and they sell oats and I can't remember the name of their company, but I think it's Know Your Farmer Oats or something like that. I'll definitely put that in the show notes for sure. I'm curious if you're finding at all any kind of inclusivity of Native American tribes that are getting involved in taking care of the land and teaching those traditions to new people who are have an interest in taking care of the land. Are you seeing that at all? So one of the limitations of ethically sourcing botanicals from regenerative farms for a wellness company like Ned is that the majority of our products are certified organic. And the organic certification is a significant barrier for a lot of brown and black and indigenous farmers who are just trying to get their hands on land in the first place. And so we don't just offer certified organic products. There are other things that we do, such as loose teas, nutritional salts that are mixed with botanicals. And those are opportunities for us to expand the Farm to Net Alliance so that we can invite a bigger diversity of farmers into the alliance. And that is the next step. Let's source botanicals for certified organic products because that's the bread and butter of our business. But now that we have that, those boxes checked, now it's time to look into other opportunities. And so in the next months, I'll be making connections with those farmers and absolutely with indigenous farmers because it's indigenous culture that we all come from. We're all indigenous. We're just different degrees of separation from our indigenous cultures. But that's really the backbone of our understanding of how to work in harmony with nature and to live with the land. Amazing. 
Amazing. I'm so excited that you guys are pioneering some of these relationships because they're needed. And you're right, like the organic certification, both Evie and I have talked about it before. This is why you go and talk to the people at the booth at the farmer's market and have the conversation because just because they don't have the organic sign because it costs tens of thousands of dollars to get that sign doesn't mean that they're not following these practices. So like you said, it has more to do with creating a conversation and establishing a communication with people to build these relationships going forward. That is definitely the first step. And I love that you had that first on your list. Yeah, (laughs) it's been really wonderful. It's been a healing process for me too. This work still feels unfamiliar as far as working in a warehouse, not working directly with the land. And so to be able to make these connections with regenerative farmers, it's just a way for me to be able to keep that part of myself alive. Yeah, and Vita's so good at it. And, you know, experts always know when they're talking to other experts. And so it has been a massive asset to us in that she's able to connect with the farmers, really, you know, feel them out, but let them feel her out as well. Vita represents our company so, so well. Yeah, and this Farm to Med program is, to me, the absolutely most exciting part of our business because of the impact that it has on farmers, on us individually. You know, we could all be doing something far different, probably more lucrative, probably easier, but certainly not as fulfilling. And then the impact that it has all the way down the line to our customers, the products really truly speak for themselves and quality. We've always known that if we could find better ways of doing things, making better, higher quality products, then we would do it. And we've always done so. So we really are proud of the products that we put out. Well, I definitely love your products and you're right. They absolutely speak for themselves. I love using the sleep blend. That was what I started with was this one. And since then added the magnesium product, the mellow product. And now that you've got the shut eye chai, I've been sipping on that chai because it's wintertime and it's so lovely to have a nice hot steaming spicy mug in, in the evening. Those two products have completely stepped up my sleep game, which has been amazing. And I've been around the block for a while and know whether or not something's going to impact my sleep. And I'm, I've am i just been really pleasantly surprised at how efficacious your products actually are. So I love them. I recommend them to my clients. Evie's been checking them out too. So thank you so much for doing what you do and producing the stuff that you do because it's amazing. And I'm just so excited that you guys are doing this Farm to Net initiative because this is where we need to go if we are going to solve the problems that we have on this planet and if we're going to survive this next next stage, if you will. So thank you so much. Again, it's just good business. And so others will come to it and they realize that it's just good business. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Where can people find you guys? Go ahead and tell us your URL and anything else you want to tell us. We'll make sure that all the links and all those things are in the show notes. Yeah. Where can they find you? Our website is helloned.com, H-E-L-L-O-N-E-D.com. And then we're on Instagram at Ned. Fantastic. Fantastic. And if people are wondering what I'm talking about, this is it. This is the Shut Eye Chai, and it's amazing. It's a non-caffeinated chai latte that you get to sip on before bed. And it's, yeah, best sleep ever. I love it. Cool. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much. We really appreciate it. 
And hopefully we'll have questions to have you guys on maybe later next year. That would be great. Fantastic. Yeah, thank you so much. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Wildly Optimized Wellness Podcast. If you are ready to dig deeper into your health, stop playing the wackest symptom game, start testing to get better guidance, you can find more about Terea at tereyarodriguez.com and you can find Evie at holisticallyrestored.com. Want to peek into what it's like to work with us? Come join us at our Optimized Wellness community. You can find the invitation link in the show notes below. And if you have a question for the show, you can submit your question under the podcast section of TereaRodriguez.com. Finally, if you found something helpful in this episode, don't forget to leave a review, hit that follow button, or share it with a friend. They're going to love that you thought of them. Until next time, see you outside. <laughs>